Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story over the weekend, the CDC, uh, they had a moratorium on evictions and the Supreme Court a while back ruled that it would expire on schedule, which was July 31st. I consider the more a, a legislation like this coming out of a like it doesn't even rise to the level of a regulatory body, the CDC, that they could not make a law like that. It's such a weird non-medical thing to say evictions had to be suspended during because of policies, because of a pandemic they said existed without evidence, I would add. But it just it's just too many degrees away from what they could even be arguably responsible for. So I consider that totally unconstitutional stuff like that. If it's going to affect the country should be a congressional law. And even that would be unconstitutional because it would violate the 10th Amendment. But they I, I have a suspicion that they're allowing this. They could have kicked the can. There is a lot of negative press about Biden saying kind of at the last minute that he wasn't going to do anything to extend this. I mean, if it was if it was uh, okay for the CDC to do it, then it definitely, I think, could have fallen under an executive order, which I also think are totally unconstitutional. But I'm just saying, would it hold up? Maybe. And Congress didn't really act on it either. So it has been allowed to expire. And my and it makes sense because there are so many job openings and they're they've kind of lifted the lockdown and everything. So I think it makes sense. But but there are a couple of things that make me think they're actually wanting the crisis to emerge so that a they can just reemphasize the pain of the pandemic and anything like that feeds into the argument to get vaccinations, even again, if they're the dots do not connect. And there was another weird thing that only three billion dollars of now there are two different reports. Fox said it was twenty five billion the Wall Street Journal this morning said there was 46 billion in federal aid meant to help struggling landlords and tenants, but only 3 billion of it has gotten out, they say, because like the states are too incompetent to get it done. I mean, it just seems weird. It seems like it's not uh, that they're intentionally making this worse. And the scare propaganda right now is focusing on how rents are rising. People will be out on their butts. But in my opinion, the reason rents are high is there's no turnover. It's exactly what happens in rent control. If you have rent control in a city, those apartments never get vacated. And you're not allowed to evict those people as long as they pay whatever nominal rent it is. That takes a lot of apartments out of circulation. And that makes the remaining rents very high. If the moratorium ends, rents should actually come back down. That's how I think about it. And uh, but they did get into some of the reporting is focusing on the states. It's saying the South is way more vulnerable because they don't have landlord or tenant protection laws. Of course, I'm kind of sympathetic to the smaller landlords. I think I told you, like my nephew has a little house and he rented it out. He was a trucker and he's getting married, came off the road. But and his tenant isn't paying, but he can't kick him out because of this eviction moratorium. So he's moving in with my brother for a while. So they're saying that both landlords and tenants can apply for this money. And it's funny because California, so this is like to contrast the regional stuff, California did 
did extend their moratorium till the end of September. And it's what their requirements are on the Gov website is that free financial assistance is available to landlords and renters who need help with unpaid or future rent or utilities. So it looks to me like it's not a loan. They don't pay it back. Landlords and renters are both encouraged to apply. And this is the one that I think is funny. Income eligible applicants may qualify regardless of immigration status and will not be required to show proof of citizenship. This is big out here. They give it's actually easier. I witnessed this myself. It's easier to get welfare if you are illegal than if you have a green card or are in any way documented. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, this whole rent relief thing is pretty extraordinary because to get it, you really have to stay on top of it. You have to get into the legalities of it. A lot of people who need it, who are trying to get it, probably haven't gotten it, either because of a problem with the government or a problem with them simply not knowing what to do. And that leads to the confusion, which leads to people not getting it, which leads to them not getting the rent to, even though the, the taxpayer is paying the, the rent. But if you get the rent to the landlords, you get to stay at your place. You, you know, they just wipe it off the books like, you know, basically nothing happened. But if you don't, then you're going to end up homeless and it's going to cause this crisis or make it make it worse, like you're suggesting there. And everything's just just falls apart. And I wonder if people are being held responsible for back rent they didn't pay and can only get relief if they tap into this taxpayer funded relief fund. I, I think that's the way it works. I think that you're kind of, you know, you're kind of forced to take the welfare you can get up to a year's worth of rent paid at least in georgia right but i think if you don't go through the federal process and you didn't you can't get evicted but you will have to pay the back rent weirdly the white house does seem to be getting a little bit of bad press on this i don't know where that's going to go i i think that this is just all part of like creating a new crisis and they couldn't really do anything but give biden a little bit of flack publicly but obviously he's pretty well protected in the press i don't know Yeah, he's definitely well protected in the press. There's no doubt about that. And the White House really has dropped the ball on this, and the press isn't doing anything about it. They're not holding Biden accountable in a lot of ways. In fact, they're taking orders directly from Biden. We've heard of the Great Reset. Now we're getting the reset in how the coronavirus pandemic is being covered in the media. I'll tell you why this is happening and how it's going to be reset. So this is the way they're going to be talking about this moving forward. I learned about this on Reliable Sources, the most unreliable source in the media. Although, if you are looking not for truth, but for talking points for the upcoming week, then it is pretty reliable. Here's what I learned from watching Reliable Sources yesterday. The order to reset the reporting on COVID comes straight from the White House. We heard Saki say the other day in a White House press briefing that the White House is in communication with all the major news networks about how to frame the reporting on COVID. So she was obviously telling the truth there. Oliver Darcy, a CNN media commentator and boyfriend to Brian Stelter, was on Reliable Sources recently. And he said this, the White House is concerned that the media is overly focused on breakthrough infections and not focusing enough on unvaccinated Americans spread COVID to their family, friends, and co-workers, and that the White House has reached out to news organizations telling them to reset the coronavirus coverage and to get them to focus on those, quote, real issues. So, coming from the top, 
And here's the problem that the White House and others have, is they say the confusion caused by reporting the number of cases as a relevant metric. So they don't like that being a relevant metric anymore. And wow. here's why. Because having being vaccinated and having coronavirus is a different story than being unvaccinated and being a coronavirus case. So you can't just clump those two together. You have to report them as a Brian Stelter actually said, we need a separate media. We need a, a media for the vaccinated and a media for the unvaccinated because the fear mongering they were using was scaring the vaccinated when it was intended to scare the unvaccinated. So that is the problem they were having with it. That's the, the crux of it. And they were trying to emphasize that the promise of the vaccine was never that you weren't going to get coronavirus. It was that you aren't going to get hospitalized by it. And a lot of this stemmed from that story in Massachusetts where most of the cases were vaccinated people and that was what the focus of the headline was and they didn't like that what the focus of the headline should have been was that nobody died there so it shouldn't have been that the cases were mostly vaccinated and that was an example of the problem with the reporting and so what they want to focus on now is they want to focus on hospitalizations because they say that the rate of hospitalizations while up across the board are up more in unvaccinated areas with a low level or low percentage of vaccination. So that, that is going to be the new framing. The new framing is not going to be cases. It's going to be hospitalizations. Well, I'll tell you, I was focusing on that issue because it really drove me crazy that the story about the Cape Cod vaccinations, about the people, the majority of the people getting those cases had been vaccinated and they are pointing at the Delta variant as being so virulent. And they use that story to launch the CDC guidelines to resume mask wearing. So I'm not really sensitive to this because we have basically had masks except for a few weeks in June, like the entire time in California, like they really get pissed at you if you don't wear them. So, so I saw that story come out as an excuse for the CDC to reinstitute masking, but they never got put it hand in hand with the fact that obviously being vaccinated not only doesn't work, but what I've seen out here, I know someone who was fully vaccinated who got a worse case of COVID than anyone I know, a young woman. So it was really, really bad. And I think that what it is, is this. Uh, I mean, it's it's like proof positive that this thing is disease enhancement, because I don't know any unvaccinated people or people who had COVID already who are violently ill, deathly ill with the Delta variant. Only I've only heard of it in vaccinated people, which makes sense. As I mentioned before, like some of these doctors have said, have anticipated that in the fall there was going to be this resurgence of more severe cases and it would be among vaccinated people. Like I just thought that was a setup that it wouldn't really happen and it would discredit those guys predict predictive value. But I, I feel like that's exactly what's happening. So I did a teeny bit of uh, of work on it. So I don't know if you like if this fits in with what you were saying, but like I um, obviously the press is not addressing what I think is like a the highly newsworthy story. And that is that coronaviruses have always been known to ha bear a risk if you have a vaccine for it of this 
immune enhancement. So it's antibody disease enhancement. And I, I did a little work on what that is exactly. And what it is, is it's, all right, I'm reading a quote uh, from a doctor, Bloom. It says the ca- cause of ADE, at han- an auto antibody disease enhancement. This was curious to me, is having antibodies to a virus that don't neutralize the virus. So you have antibodies floating around and they don't actually neutralize the virus. So like with celiac, I have, I would probably have antibodies against gluten, but it doesn't help me at all. Like I get super sick. It's just the only way that they know that a person has celiac is they can see those antibodies. So he says it enables the virus to be gobbled up by the cells that have receptors for the antibodies, but not the virus. So the anti, so the cells that have receptors for the antibodies are then receptive to this new virus because there, there are these dud antibodies out there in your body that make your cells like re- they want antibodies. Cells, I guess, want antibodies. And instead of getting the antibodies, they're getting just the full on virus because the antibodies aren't connecting with the virus it's you know obviously i would have to really figure out the mechanism but i'm beginning to understand it it says it's a way of getting viruses into cells that would not normally get infected so i went back to see like when this thing originated and in 1967 they had immunized infants and toddlers against rsv which is like little babies get that it's respiratory sync syncytial virus, syncytial virus, but it's very similar to coronavirus. It's not a coronavirus. It's a, it's a pneumonoid virus, but it's very similar. And what, what would happen is the babies would get infected with this wild virus, like not a man-made virus, but a virus that was out there and get way, way sick, even to the point where two of the immunized toddlers died of RSV. So they were vaccinating kids against RSV. And they, if they became exposed to RSV, they, it was so much worse. They actually died of it. And this has uh, caused, you know, decades of research on trying to get a new RSV vaccine. But this is what people were worried about. But what I think is interesting is that vaccine was a like inert virus vaccine. It wasn't even the gene therapy thing. So I'm pretty curious about how the gene therapy one would have the exact same problem as the conventional vaccine, maybe a worse problem is what it looks like. And it might be a question I'm going to ask that Dr. Robert Malone, he's going to be on the Union of the Unwanted today at four o'clock Pacific. But I think they do it live if you're a Rockfin subscriber. So that should be interesting. Yeah, that's interesting about the what you said about the mRNA stuff. I, in the page 15, I have something that is related to that about getting people kicked off of platforms. It's pretty interesting. I'll tell you about <laughs> later on. Yeah, well, I've been thinking about that. Like I, I, we say we speak pretty clearly, pretty freely about the vaccines and stuff. Yet we keep our seat at the table on Patreon. I don't think either of us is out there on other platforms, like doing anything really aggressive. I'm pretty you know, I'm surprised Twitter lets me tweet what I do, but like I'm never aggressive about it. So whatever. But I have been hearing that people are getting thrown off of Patreon for stuff they're posting elsewhere. And I, I don't know if we talked about this on the air last week, but like I'm worried that the Garland thing is what's going to do it for us because we post that stuff. You had a great episode with him over the weekend, which I think is going to be on your YouTube channel. It's on his. It's on mine. And uh got a lot of hits and people are i mean that's a different platform that has something that patreon probably wouldn't like and i i'm starting to get worried and a lot of this stuff 
is folding in with this great reset. A lot of things getting reset and not in the best way. They, you know, they get a mulligan every time their policies fail. <laughs> and they are celebrating in an article from the World Economic Forum that I came across today. A very interesting article called COVID-19 is Accelerating Stakeholder Capitalism. And this article just illustrates how the Great Reset is exploiting this pandemic, this crisis, to the benefit of those involved in the Great Reset. I mean, they are kicking their heels in celebration about how much they're accomplishing with it. And the gist of the article is that we learned during the pandemic that we need corporations more than ever. That corporations, as we heard in that Rockfin video from the Salesforce CEO, are the heroes of the pandemic. They saved us. Here's all the examples of how they saved us. And I will give you some of the examples. But first, the way that they kind of premised the article was they talked about how in 2019, after there was that monumental milestone reached when more than 180 CEOs signed the business roundtables, new statement on the purpose of a corporation and committed to lead their companies for the benefit of all stakeholders. So this is this is customers, employees, suppliers, communities, last and probably definitely least actually shareholders. And this brought us to now where they they say that the COVID-19 global pandemic has shown that stakeholder capitalism is an urgent imperative, that it is a critical strategic shift that is required for corporations to stay relevant and engaged in today's world of accelerating environmental, social and governance, ESG change. So that is the crux of what they how they have benefited. And the I mean, this is about taking away the power of the shareholder. It. It essentially goes into that when you look and see what their idea of stakeholder capitalism is. It's taking the power away from the shareholder, the people who have that financial, you know, benefit financially and giving it to the communities and essentially allowing those in power through the corporations to control everything and snuff out the little guy and to implement a world social credit score through corporations. Good. The this reminds me a lot. So as I've been trying to piece together this ESG thing, because again, today there was another article in the Wall Street Journal saying these funds want to sell themselves as sustainable, but there aren't. And they keep claiming that they are. And they put all these measures up there that they are. But the measures aren't apples to apples with other firms that they really need standards, which, of course, you've been telling us the World Economic Forum has been pushing from the beginning. But as I've been reading these articles, what I realize is the real what's happening, I think, may be more like what Alison McDowell was saying, not just about control, not just about having them answer and report. But these funds, I remember funds like this emerged when Trump put out an infrastructure bill. The the story there was funds started to emerge to take advantage of federal infrastructure money. And I wouldn't be surprised if these funds, this all of this stuff is emerging to take advantage of government money rather than just there are regulatory standards and you go along or you get shut out of the supply chain that there's actually going to be money. This is a real like another step in the fascist cycle. And it yeah. reminds me a lot of like the USSR. So when I lived in New York and the USSR broke up, Around that time, people from the other side of the Iron Curtain would come and just completely take advantage of like prisons and nursing homes and stuff that got a lot of federal money because they knew how to work it. This reminds me of that. 
It is a lot like that. It is ushering in that world corporate fascism. A couple of the examples they give of how business corporations showed that they are the ones saving the world is the PPE, is the ventilators, is all the masks that corporations shifted their focus on to make, which we don't even really have proof that we needed all of those. And I think a lot of those ventilators are rotting and, and destroying the climate somewhere. Yet this is their example. And also they talk about how Best Buy and other companies implemented the racial initiatives to show that they are leaders and social justice in the world. This is also a major part of it. You have to be a leader in the social justice movement and cultural change as a corporation. And they, they want they want control by corporations. They end up concluding the article by talking about how corporations are the best poised to carry the mantle on social issues because they are the most trusted. Because everything else their trust eroded. So corporations have the most trust of anybody. Therefore, they should lead. It's time to stop debating stakeholder capitalism and it's time to make this progress happen right now to accelerate it well it does i did get a little bit of an insight at freedom fest when they were somebody was explaining to me that neo-reactionary thing which is that if you take people who feel oppressed if you if you tie success to identity within a framework those people are totally loyal to you like they don't want a if they were not making it in the dog eat dog eat what you kill world and you give them a hand up just because of the way corporations are structured businesses like uh universities are like that governments are like that the post office is like that like they will give you advantages you will get promoted above other people based on your identity that makes people who get advantage from that extremely um loyal to that system so i remember seeing that boards and ceo slots the c-suite the boards all were promoting women like even the yahoo that chick was actually like fully pregnant like how could she really be the best candidate for the job at that moment and i thought they they must not want the best candidate for the job and now i realize they actually do not they don't re- a lot of times they don't really need that individual in that slot but that person will serve a purpose for them and if that person will carry the water or be the face job or whatever they can exploit that so i actually feel they intentionally do not want the best person for the job and they go out of their way to tie whatever it is to identity loyalty instead of merit-based loyalty and of course the people of that identity who have merit absolutely don't want it like that because they will be the ones who get passed over because they won't have to have that loyalty it's it's a really interesting way of thinking about why they're doing this stuff it's a way to maintain power for those who already have it by keep by having a system where the haves and have nots are always built in and fighting with each other while up here with we're offering the we will save you from the haves uh, the have nots and and that goes to what allison mcdowell would say about the social impact bonds where goldman sachs is like we're oh don't mind us we're just saving the children Yeah. You know, your child's going to cost the system a million bucks. We can just tell, trust us. So give us 750,000 and we'll put them in the school, you know, and we'll, we'll finance it. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's, it's really sick. Like how they exploit the problems to benefit, like in a purely financial capitalism, not like your mom and pop entrepreneurship. 
So, yeah, this stuff is straight out of World Economic Forum. And as is the next bill. So over the weekend, the Senate passed a trillion dollar or they are poised. They've restructured whatever they are poised to pass this one trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill through the Senate by the end of the week. Now, Pelosi says she's not going to let Congress vote on it until they have already pushed through the anti-poverty and climate package. They're going to do that through reconciliation. So so that package, though, so you understand there's two packages. One is bipartisan, where the Democrats put everything in that the Republicans would agree to defend. And then they have this other cram down one. So that's one trillion dollars. The three and a half trillion is crammed down. So you have to assume it's stuff that they could never a Republican would get voted out of office for approving and not one Republican will probably vote for it. But and Pelosi is saying, well, we want both of them before we'll pass your infrastructure thing in the Congress. And that, of course, will get the GOP to be like, oh, well, I guess we have to, you know, obey her or whatever. It's totally annoying. The GOP should just be laying out completely on infrastructure. But that other bill that she's talking about is the is it's about, quote, human infrastructure. Biden says human infrastructure is tied to physical infrastructure. They literally are calling it an infrastructure bill. And the name of it is actually build back better for working families plan. Like it, it it's I mean, it's a dog whistle to Klaus Anal Schwab right off the bat. <laughs> and he, Biden says that that, that thing we're calling it what we came up with the build back better he always owns it like they created it when they oh did. yeah no because they want us to not realize that it's a globalist plot so just so you know what's in it like what they're calling human infrastructure it is uh, universal pre-k and extensions to the child tax credit free community college which of course will just make college a place where people drop out so like half your class will be dropouts. It will totally destroy the value, the academic value, in my opinion. Expanded in-home caregiving for the disabled and elderly. Mitigating threats posed by climate change. Well, that's a big umbrella. Lowering child care, health care and prescription drug costs. Just what we need, subsidized prescription drugs and the rest of it. And reducing taxes on middle and working class families. So there's a lot of stuff there. I, I just don't think middle and working class families pay anywhere near the proportion of tax i call it the tax gap it's it's quite shocking how how much you know how how bottom heavy the whole welfare system is and top heavy the whole taxing is but uh for me health care child care and prescription drug costs should not be subsidized because those are i'm beginning to realize totally bads not public goods public bads so we'll see they say it'll take uh at least uh some months to get through to use reconciliation which they're supposed to only use once a year biden already used it for the two trillion dollar covid relief plan but that was in the last fiscal year so the fiscal year rolled over and they're gonna hit it again yeah, and I'm seeing stuff out of the World Economic Forum talking about how early people develop their personality and what goes into that and stuff. And this all relates to getting control of the children at a younger, as young as possible through these types of policies that Biden wants to put into place for Mama Kamala to then come in and nurture everybody. Step Mama Kamala. Step Mama Kamala, yes. <laughs> Before we get to our last story of the free 30 which is gonna be about some scammers in a warehouse who 
got what they deserve and what you can do to make sure you don't get scammed as well because there's a lot of scams going on right there but before we get to that i want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the patron 15 which is a pro liberty dating app that was banned from apple we'll tell you why as some interesting reasons that they are giving us to why and the purpose of the military going so woke i also want to thank our sponsor of today's show the rye guys Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, Share a laugh and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's sh- and don't forget to use the propaganda uh, prop 10 as the promo code P-R-O-P looks like it's all caps 10 one zero prop 10 prop 10 the right guys love that commercial they're a fun group over there check them out also do me a favor and check out our newsletter which just was published yesterday this is the newest feature over at the compliments of monica and monica's Thank birthday you. is coming up tomorrow so she would <laughs> greatly appreciate it if you checked out the one no i'm gonna ask did. for share the show for my birthday well, you know, people have birthday <laughs> weeks. I think we can give you a birthday week okay. here. Okay. So just go to thepropreport.com, click on the newsletter tab at the top, and in the newsletter, you're going to find lots of great and useful stuff. Like there's information about our, all of our guest appearances for the month, upcoming events, book recommendations, propaganda report, meetups. And I know this time there's some details about Monica's trip to Freedom Fest 2020, if you want to get some of those insights. And of course, our latest feature, our newest feature, is the uh, Cutel Corner with Stella. And you're going to love this. Stella takes moments from the show and turns them into hilarious and really beautiful comics. And, and they they make me laugh out loud. They're seriously very, very cool. I always look forward to seeing these. So check them out. And while you're there, go ahead and just register your email as well, because the purge is coming and we need to be able to get in contact with you when it does, because we know we're on a whole bunch of lists. So sign up for the Prop Report website. We'll get your email address. Check out the newsletter. Now on to the final story of the Free 30. So I like to follow some of these scams. They have these call centers that will call people and they will pose as official government people. They'll pose as the IRS. They'll pose as the FBI. They'll pose as immigration services. And they have very specific scripts that they go through and they just blast as many people as possible because if you hit as many people as possible you're going to scare enough people and they use these fear-based appeals into giving up their information and what they say to you one example is they'll say i'm from the irs and you have some sort of tax issue and if you catch the right person who's had tax problems and who worries about something like that and has had some issues with it in the past maybe hasn't done their taxes or is worried they didn't do them correctly then you could get somebody based on fear and they say you need to go to this website you need to pay us because if you don't you're going to possibly be under threat of going to jail 
we will prosecute you. You could go to prison. And they use those types of appeals. And this particular group, which is a call center based in India, 65 people were arrested at this call center. It's a fake call center, and they were trying to scam U.S. citizens, and they were from India, and they were impersonating DEA agents and U.S. custom agents, and they were trying to convince the victims that their social security number was about to be suspended, so they needed to give it to them, and then they needed to take swift action to pay off some sort of debt, or they were going to face legal action because they didn't pay money to the government for their immigration so they're hitting people over immigration statuses here. And they got busted. The police raided them. They, they arrested 65 of them. They arrested the people who ran the place, too. And they did a bunch of raids on a bunch of other call centers in India and where they're knocking these things down. And I think this is fantastic. I think this is a great story because right now, with our phones turning into complete spam boxes we're, we're getting hit with these types of calls on a regular basis if you have parents who are older then you you probably have seen them click on something they shouldn't have or you've heard them get a call from one of these people and possibly given up information they shouldn't have i know that i've had to uh, deal with some stuff to to correct those issues in the past so when you get these phone calls if you get anybody nobody will ever call you and say they're from amazon they will not email you from amazon and say we are working on this refund if you didn't actively do it yourself they map they they make the websites look exactly like Amazon. They make the emails look exactly like Amazon, and they have this official sounding presentation that sounds like it might be from Amazon or what or the IRS or the DEA or whoever they're calling from. They all, they have a variety of things they pretend to be. They will never do that. So tell your parents, tell your if you have younger kids, tell them this will never happen. They will never call and threaten you going to jail over the phone. No official government source or corporation will ever do that. Don't let that happen. And don't click on any link from any site that claims to have the power to put you in jail if you do not pay the money. Never give anybody access to your computer over the phone to a call center. That's another thing that they do. And I want you to check out a cool resource, a website that is called... The guy's name is Kit Boga, K-I-T-B-O-G-A. So this guy does stuff that I like to do, but he does it a lot better than me because he's, he's tech savvy. Is he calls scammers and he turns the scam around on them. So he, get, he, he has a, a fake bank account, a fake website he sets up, and he lets them have access to the computer. And then they send him money expecting that he's going to send back a lot more, and he just doesn't. And, and he just keeps them on the hook, and he messes with them. And it's hilarious, and it's actually also very helpful when it comes to cybersecurity. I will put a link in the show notes. Check it out, and be careful. There's a lot of scams going on right now. It's, that stuff's been coming through way more for me lately, like my voicemail box on my phone plus my email. Like It's just so much more it even got to the point where like i really believe that they do it sounding stupid so that they only get stupid people like with typos and stuff i've got one coming now just from all corners from costco so be careful i've gotten it from american express i got it from amazon paypal i've got them all yeah and right now one of the ones that they do too which is terrible is they will call elderly people and they will tell them that they have kidnapped their grandchild (sighs) 
And they will say, we are holding your grandchild ransom. If you do not transfer this money to us right now, your grandchild is going to die and you will never see them again. And out of urgency, they get some people to send them money when all, all they really had to do, the grandparent, was pick up the phone and call their grandkid, but the grandkid right. might not answer. I don't so I even get nervous like reporting on stuff like that because I don't want to give anybody ideas. I don't want to so give them horrible. ideas, yeah. But they're yeah. so rampant right now. I, yes, I see these all absolutely. the time. And I just, I got to tell people I know oh, yes. who, who yes. I'm just like, you got to stop clicking on that stuff, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it should be imme- deleted immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I yeah. agree with you. So just a couple of housekeeping items. So I continue to offer people who are going to a farmer's market, go to maybe people went to neighbors this weekend, met up with other propaganda report listeners, or at least enjoyed the great wares there, neighbors feed and seed in Smyrna. Uh, So if you have something that you want to go to or do, and you think other propaganda report listeners would like to join you, go ahead and let me know. And I will shout it out and I will send you a t-shirt so that they, other people can find you. Or if you're going to one of those things that I've already shouted out, buy a t-shirt at the property. Um, under the shop tab. But we did have one announcement about a listener who's going to the Good Vibes Summer Tour 2021 Revolution concert at Avila Beach in California. But I think he said it was August 5th. It's August 15th. So, but you can look for the people with the Propaganda Report t-shirts because they will be there and they will be wearing them and they're open to making a connection in their neighborhoods. So check that out. Good Vibes Summer Tour 2021 on August 15th. And I wanted to, I think so i'm taking a vacation i'll be back august 23rd i'm leaving um i'll be here on friday august 6th to do the dnb but i have to get on a plane so i won't be here to do a dpp on friday but we've already changed the setup of the patreon tiers so we're only doing one dpp a month anyway so we're going to do it the second friday it's second friday of august second friday of september and we are also going to do one patron saint zoom party so if you're a patron saint you get invited to the zoom party if you're just a patron you get to see the excerpt and that is going to be august 21st so i will be there for august 21st i will be there for the august 13th we're going to have the august dpp is going to be on august 13th and uh i and i think people seem to be pretty happy with that they think it's a fair trade yeah it's it's great i'm looking forward to it and Happy early birthday. I'll tell you again tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.